So we're here again. This is week three of our podcast, 10 Reasons Why. We're hurtling through these. This has been a great adventure, but something very special. Tonight we have uh, our guest speaker here with us, Mr. Adam Turnbull. Guest speaker. Guest speaker. Brilliant to have you here, Adam. Um, so let me explain. You are our associate pastor here at Exchange. Okay. Uh, we've been doing a Bible study the last number of weeks. Yeah. And we were looking at this whole um, area of belonging. So yes. We were doing this the other week in church, so you've come along to kind of co-tay and co-tag along with yeah, me tonight. And uh, but forward to before we get going with that, how has your day been so far? Has it been going? A uh, day, day's been grand. Day's been good. Yeah, just working and flat out working and loving life. Right? Been to the gym? Yes, five or six a.m. this morning. So yeah, straight up and at it. You know what I mean? I'd like what's half up. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, go well and looking forward to it. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So we've been talking about, well, it, the title was We're Made to Belong, and then the other part was Are You Feeling Lonely and Isolated? So, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes, confession time. I'm feeling extremely lonely, extremely isolated. Um, no, yeah, creative connection. It's uh, yeah, it's an exciting one. Um, really, and I find it really interesting, just the whole area of being connected and what that means and how we're, yeah. we're made to connect with each other. It's just mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah, and I know whenever you're doing a Bible study, you've done some sort of statistics around it a bit of research in terms of what psychologists were saying now about epidemic of loneliness and things did you want to tell us a little bit more about that yeah so i joe i find this stuff fascinating so it basically talks about how like loneliness now we're all made to connect and we're all made to connect with each other but there's an epidemic of loneliness really exacerbated by the pandemic but also the likes of social media how we have never been able to connect more naturally so pick up the phone like something yeah. on instagram whatever we've never been able to do it more more than we can ever it's, it's just been fantastic but we've never been more separated disconnected from each other despite how easy it is um and not what you're, what you're finding now is with that with social media it's it's taken the place of natural authentic connection yeah. um and the pandemic made that even worse because that's all we had yeah like that's all yeah. we had was to yeah. connect with each other through those mediums um, and it just it took away that completely. Yeah, and it's like people have sort of retreated. And I think for some people, when the pandemic was over, it was like they couldn't wait to get back and connect. Yeah, and they really made an effort to do it. Whereas other people, it's almost like they lost the confidence, they lost that ability just to right. have those normal casual conversations. Suddenly, what was from home life got very small. Yeah, for a lot of people. And I know um, Andrew and I with our business, we would do lots of Zoom calls. And you know, you would find even with Zoom, what a lot of people are finding is people are just like slipping into the background. You can like have your camera off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can be on mute. Does anybody even know that I'm there? So yeah, there's this yeah. sense of it's very easy to yeah. not be noticed if you don't want to be or if you feel like other people are not really paying any attention. Then you can sort of think, well, why would I even bother to speak up in a meeting? Why would I even bother to give my opinion? Yeah. So I think the pandemic, in the way there's been lots of good things about communication and technology and it's helped in lots of ways, but then there's been the downside. Um, I don't know if everybody's kind of worked out now what impact has that had on me? And am I happy with that? What do I need to change? And even in church, I mean, how have you found church? You know, when we first got back after the pandemic, yeah, what was yeah. that like? It, well, it was a huge change because we were doing it for so long, right? We were doing behind screens, pre-recording stuff, trying our hands, the live things. So, but never having that connection with people in the room. So I find then moving back into it, it, it feels very, very strange to, you know, whenever you're then surrounded by people because you don't have control over the, the interactions that you have with, with people, whereas when it was behind a camera, 
you say your bit, you welcome people, you say, great to see you, even though I can't see anybody. But you, you do that. And then when you're back in the room with people, you have to have that two-way conversation where you have to hear almost someone's heartbeat, where they're at, you know, their struggles, their vulnerabilities, their good stuff. So you don't have control over what comes back, but that's authentic. Like that's real connection with people. Um, and, and I missed that, but it is incredible how I, for so long when we did this online in COVID with church, you you get used to yes. the the counterfeit. Yes. You get used yeah. to yeah. Uh, this uh, new way of connecting, but okay. but that only teaches you to just withdraw. I think a little bit, yeah. and it's not it's not real. It's not the way it should be. Yeah. Um. So that that's what I find. I find a lot of people do that now, even in work settings. When you talk about Zoom, I mean, like Zoom was like the best thing of our lives and now it's the bane of our lives because like it's just we always use it and I always use it at work. But it's, it again, is just this counterfeit. It's not real. Like it's this, it, it's this mirror image of what mm -hmm. life really should yeah. be. And it's that strange thing of meeting somebody that you've spoken to on a Zoom call and then when you actually meet them in person, it's like, oh my goodness, yeah. like great to see you. Yes. But suddenly it's, it's like you've, you've kind of connected with a person on some level, mm -hmm. but actually when you see them face to face, I had somebody who said, can I just tell you something? And I was like, yeah, okay. And they said, you're much taller in person. And I thought this was going to be like feedback after some session I don't. I was like, can I give you, I think, cause it's like, can I just give you some feedback? That's like, what? all right, okay. You know, uh, this bizarre comment, but obviously the picture that you, somebody has in the mind of what you like. And then when they actually meet you face to face, it's something yeah. different. So what would you say to people who maybe after being you know during the pandemic they didn't sort of go to church they kind of because they couldn't and they got used to watching things online mm -hmm. and then they kind of thought well actually this actually works for me you know yeah like, what, would I, what would i speak to that yeah do you think that's a, a good sort of solution yeah in terms of yeah i think again when we're so used to like what we talk about this connection that's not authentic so the reality is like you can try this authentic connection was not really authentic so zoom and pandemic and all that sort of stuff but the reality is deep down in our core like we are made to belong somewhere like we're made to belong with each other in community whether that's it's groups or it's churches or you know we will find it somewhere or we will long for it mm -hmm. so i think what i would say to people is that the authentic version of face-to-face -face connection with people in groups in church whatever that may be like that's the definition of belonging is that did you have this you're an integral like part of a system of a group like yeah. you're made for that yeah. like your app like god has created that mm -hmm. um not not ability but like this desire in you yeah. to connect so you will never find it in a mm -hmm. just behind a screen mm -hmm. like you will find it with raw with people um whether that's in church in person listening to the word then talking and sharing with each other about it after like like that's where you're going to find real life like that's where you're going to find real freedom okay so what about then if there's like a group of christians who all just love cycling and they go so right we know that we're made to belong we know that you know god has put us together in community mm -hmm. so our community is we just go cycling on saturday morning but we don't actually need that church thing because that's you know that's fair enough if people want to do that but actually God's just, I'm going to connect with other Christians and I'm going to get up on my bike every Saturday morning and that's my church. Is that a feasible option? I'd say here, do you want to sound right? I'd go along with you. I'd say, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll go in as a no, golf ball. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, <laughs> no, it would send me up for a group gym class or something and then I'll go. That's it. Well, you could. I'd, you could go to the gym as my church. You know what? Why are we doing this podcast? Let's, let's get on. Read up in this. What could I do? No, no, I think like. Gym, Saturday morning. Yeah, so we should, yeah, for sure. So, so what would I say to those who are 
like they've got a second group and this is our con- this is how we connect this is our group i get it but again it's it's you're connecting certainly in relationships but you're missing out the fundamental part which is church and the community of church is so different because you're like you're coalescing around a purpose that it's not it's not what you've put into it so you can go to your cycling group you've got your shared interests you've got your shared abilities you love cycling you love the gym whatever it is and that's good and there's a place for that in in your week for sure but i think coalescing around a purpose which is god's purpose his church his body that he has created do you know you it's not that you can't get disappointed it's that you will experience real freedom there because it rests on what God's poured into it. Do you know all of those groups that we go to, those cycling groups, whatever, those groups, those sports clubs thing somebody said, you know, at the at the Bible study, they're all great, but it's all about what I put into it is what I get out. So if I put terms. That's on my terms. Yeah. Whereas church is totally different. It's a purpose that God has created, you know, built on Jesus, built on his church, that will absolutely transform you because it, it gets to the root of issues. It gets to the heart issues. But also you get to do the community part as well. So it, it's a, it's not as a dual purpose. It meets the need that you get in a cycling club, for example, but it goes far deeper than that. Yeah. And that yeah. church is more than just about people gathering together. It's about gathering together under a purpose. Yeah. And that's where you thrive. Like that's where you will really thrive yeah. and really find life in all its fullness, as Jesus would talk about. Yeah, because I love, I mean, Sunday mornings, we'd have a prayer meeting before church. And one of the things that I love to remind myself of nearly every Sunday is this is a privilege we come here no matter what's been going on in the week and we're all involved in different things we've all got different jobs family situations you know every one of us is coming from a different place but suddenly we stop everything else and we go for this time mm-hmm. we all focus on you jesus we all worship yeah. you we'll lay down everything else and we say you're number one and actually when it talks about when we're in god's presence that's when we're being transformed yes and we're becoming more like yes and in worship as we're one voice one spirit one body it's that's that sense of unity that actually that's where this god's blessing that's where he's changing us he's healing us he's restoring us we're being encouraged and suddenly it's not about me and my interest no that's right but it's actually i'm setting my eyes on the one who's made me like you know saying we're created it's like recognizing he's our creator mm-hmm. he knows what we need best and even sometimes i think when we start to rationalize i've heard lots of people since the pandemic like i don't know if we really need church anymore it's like who are we to say and to decide what we need because actually you know this one you know god's ways are always higher his thoughts are higher than ours because mm-hmm. at times we kind of in our own estimations try and work out what I need and what I think I need, but actually who am I really to work out what I need? I don't really know myself even to know mm. God yeah. is the one who knows me. God created me. Yeah. He knows what's yeah. best for me. So it's that sense of on a Sunday morning, whether I feel like it or not, I come in line with him. I realign myself. And I know that even if I don't feel like going every Sunday, it just, well, it's probably never happened to you, Adam, but oh, sometimes it happens to me. I always feel like going. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I always know that I'm better off after it because because it's the what God's ordained. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Like when you rest on again His word and what He says about your life, it's it's an anchor point, right? Do you you don't you don't have that in in other groups as such or other communities. You, you always go back to what God says about you, the fact that He's ordained your days, you know. And I think it's something that we shared the Bible study as well about belongings. You know, it is like the fact that long ago, like God adopted us into his family so long ago he knew what was best for us yeah long ago he knew what would work long ago he knew that church was the 
whatever you want to call it, the, the movement, the vehicle of where you will find ultimate belonging. Mm-hmm. Do you know, that's that's what I always keep coming back to. Um, of course, there are days where I don't feel like going. But, you know, the reality is if, you, if you're if you feeling lonely, if you're feeling isolated, the church is absolutely the best place for you to meet that need that's already God-given in you, right? So, yeah. um, do you know, like, you just remember all the time that, like, he ordains your days, he sets us in community, but not just to be in community. Seem like that's not the purpose of like a lot of these other groups that um mm-hmm. I keep going back to cycling groups, but there's other groups than just cycling groups. But do you know that's the purpose is just to be together. Yeah. Whereas church is more than just to be together. It's to yeah. hear God's voice, to speak to your heart issues. Yeah. And and that's done best with other believers in yeah. church. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's that like we Andrew and I were talking about last week, it's that greater purpose as well. For isn't sure. it? It's yeah. like actually it's not all about you. You know, God, he loves us mm-hmm. and he wants us to receive his love. And then he wants us to give that away. Yes. Um, so when we, for me, most of the time when I'm turning up for church, I'm recognizing that hey, it's not all about me this morning, mm-hmm. but I am going to be blessed. But actually, you know, it's that as I pour out, it says, you know, those people who refresh others will be them yes. refresh themselves. Yes. And I think it is that sense of actually if I go with the heart of, you know, it's about I'm going to go and find somebody who needs encouraged this morning. I'm going to make sure that um, it's a great environment for people to walk into. I'm going to make sure that there's nobody sitting on their own yeah. feeling like, yeah. did anybody notice me? I'm not there for myself. Yeah. But I actually, in doing all of those things, come away being blessed, being enriched, being encouraged because 100%. I've received from the people around me. But if yeah. I'm going as a consumer, and I think that's probably what happened during the pandemic, is that it was almost like people became consumers at times with church. It's like, well, I kind of like this about them and I like that about them. And it was all about me, 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 me. Uh-huh. Whereas actually, no, we go to church to lay ourselves down. It's about laying down your life and then you pick it up. Yeah, And the worst the worst thing you can do, I think, in the middle of your the rat race of life when you're in family, working, whatever it looks like, the worst thing you do is keep your eyes on yourself. Mm-hmm. And, oh, look at my life. This is how it's going. I wonder what's coming next for it. It's the worst thing you can do. Like the best thing you can do is, as you say, he who refreshes himself will refresh others. I love that verse of Proverbs because like that's whenever you belong, whenever you're in community, whenever you're doing life, I, think, I actually don't like that phrase, but whenever you're doing life, together. you know, when you're doing life together, I can't be able to say that. But when you're doing life together, um, you get your eyes up. You think of the other person. You think of what God's done in you, but also what he can do through you. Yes. And that, like that's real belonging. Mm-hmm. Do you know, actually God's given me a purpose. Okay, what's the purpose? And I share that with other people. And that's where you'll not just bless other people, but actually you will develop your resilience. Like you'll become a stronger person no matter what life throws at you. You're in community, you feel safe in community. That's the best way to live by faith. Yeah. Do you know, because you trust what God has done in you, that he's going to do it through you. Yeah. And you will find that working itself out when you're with people in community, in church, the body of Christ, as you go about your daily life. But it's getting your eyes off yourself. Like that is hard. Don't get me wrong. It's really difficult whenever we're, things are important to us. Our lives are important. Our work's important. Our family's important. And you don't want to lose sight of that. But it's keep your eyes up. What's God done in me? How can I share that with other people? Because yeah. what his word says is that I'll have life in all its fullness. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and God sets me in family yeah. for a reason, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. he knows what's best. And for me, one of the verses I think earlier in my life really guided me was that like the seek first the kingdom of God yeah. and all of these things will be added to you. And for me, church is about seeing the kingdom of God mm-hmm. come in mm-hmm. on this earth. Um, so when I seek that first, then everything else, all those, like you say, we've all got needs, we've all got things that concern us, we've all got stuff going on in life, but it's recognizing God, you're going to add 
you, everything that I need, you're going to bring to me. You guys are going to increase in all of the areas that I, I, I want to see increase. I just got to keep my eyes on you. You'll do the rest. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's helped me. But see, when, when it comes to church, obviously there's lots of people in Northern Ireland who've come through church and they've maybe come through and gone out the other side and decided that it's not for them anymore, like we've sort of said. Um, because some people have, have experienced rejection maybe yeah. in church and that's maybe why they're now feeling lonely and isolated because they've felt rejection. That's something that we kind of touched on the other night. How, what do you want to sort of say about around that and speak into that? Rejection's a biggie, right? Do you know, um, rejection is a biggie and, and not just like the the overt, obvious rejection that people get from the people closest to them. Naturally, we make judgments of why people behave the way they do and why they say the things they do. And we interpret a lot of things as rejection. So I think there's that, there's the obvious rejection and then sometimes our perception. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, how much time have we got to go into rejection? Do you know, it's um, it's it's a big, big issue. But I suppose what I would speak to that is like everybody has suffered experience. And I say suffered because it is, it's difficult. Everybody has experienced some form of rejection in relationships, in community, in church, unfortunately. Uh, myself included, right? It's just a human relationship. This is what happens. Um, but I suppose to speak to that is that you, you don't get to decide uh, whether you will experience rejection, disconnection with people, relationship breakdown. You don't get to decide that. But you do get to decide how you navigate through it. Yeah. And you do get to decide whether you choose that you're going to walk through it or not. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the big thing for me, uh, being a social worker, I always admit that, and then people always look at me funny, but um, I work with a lot of kids, you know, and work with a lot of children and see young kids, like whenever they experience rejection, whether that's in the nursery setting, the school setting, with friendships, with family, there's this um, obvious reaction. Uh, let's think about like three-year-olds, four-year-olds, right? An obvious reaction where a child will freak out, be overwhelmed. They don't want to play with me. They don't want to do this. And it's this massive massive behaviors that you see internally as adults th those sort of feelings and emotions don't go away we just we just um hide, hide them better you know? yeah we don't throw our toys out of the front sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we do uh, no judgment on anyone uh, sometimes we do but so it has this big reaction on his rejection but but again what i would say that is you don't get to decide those things are going to happen mm -hmm. the, the rejection is going to happen you're going to experience hurt and pain and what we then do and a lot of people have done it i've done it myself is you withdraw and you say, no, I can't do this anymore. I can't be in this group. I can't be in this church. I can't be in this relationship because I'm going to get hurt again. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a self-protection, isn't it? Yeah. You, you turn away and say, no, I can't go through that again because I'm going to get hurt. But the problem with that is that if you turn away to protect yourself, that's all well and good. But you you can't you can't be loved then. Yeah. And you can't, can't give or receive love. Yeah. So for those who've experienced rejection, I suppose what I would say to that is, God knows, like God sees, God hears you. And long ago, he, he set the Thessalonian families is the verse that we we're saying as well. And long ago, he adopted us into his family. So he, he sees all the potential problems that you're going to go through. You don't get to decide whether they happen or not because people are people. Mm -hmm. But if you withdraw, as a lot of people did, and a lot of people did in the pandemic, they used yeah. the pandemic as an excuse to withdraw. You don't allow yourself to love or be loved, loved. or yeah. receive love. Yeah. Um, and that's a really tricky position yeah. to be in because then the eyes come back down. Yeah. Negative feedback loop of, you know, I'm not good enough. I'll never be worthy of love. I'll never be able to give love. 
And like, that's just yeah. a problem. It's almost like a prison that you build around yourself, isn't it? Right. Put those walls up. Right. And yeah. you think you're protecting yourself. But actually, I think I remember listening to somebody saying, actually, God's the only one who can truly protect us. Yeah. So what we think is protection is actually just a barrier from us, yeah. like you say, receiving sure. love. And yeah. I know um, reading a book, so called How to Stop the Pain. It's a book. Be Rooted. Yeah. Load of people love that book. And the quote that always stays with me, if I quote this right now, is um, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. 100%. Yeah, I love And it, it's just that sense of we're all going to experience things because none of us are perfect. I'll have no. hurt people. You'll have hurt people. Me? Never. No, obviously not. No. I'll have hurt people. And I won't have hurt people. Sure. Can't. But it's just life. We do things. Sometimes we do it willingly. Sometimes we do it unwillingly. But we go through, we make mistakes, we're imperfect people, and, you know, we suffer with well, this pain. But then how long yes. we allow that yeah. to have an impact on us is a decision. I think that's what we try to say, is that it's the choices that, that we have yes. to make. And I think where people have been hurt in the past, and they think, I went to that church, that person said this, I was hurt, I'm not going to do that again, I'm going to protect myself. Actually, you're just going to, that's the biggest lie that the enemy can tell you. Yeah, that perceptions everything you can protect because you can't protect yourself. You'll never be able to. Only God can protect you. Mm-hmm. And actually, the thing on rejection is Jesus was rejected more than all of us. Yeah, he suffered the greatest rejection. Yes, he did. So he can sympathize with us. He knows what mm-hmm. we're going through, and he can give us the strength, the resilience, the courage that we need yeah. to love again. And I think that's the sense of we can only do it. We can't do it naturally, and that's where we all stop because we recognize. Yeah, it's hard to forgive. We can't do it in, in and of ourselves, but actually it is a supernatural act. And just like, you know, Jesus's love for us, we have to receive that love to be able to love again. We have to, you know, feel his love around us to be able to have the courage to trust again. But actually it is something that, you know, it's almost like we can choose to withdraw, but actually we're never, it's never going to, bring fulfillment and happiness is never going to be living the place that God had for us. No, no, definitely not. Because again, you have that inbuilt need to connect with people. So how do you, how do you meet that need? Yeah. How do you have that need met if you're withdrawn yeah. because of hurt and pain and rejection? And again, God sympathizes, empathizes with, with all of that. But, but how do you, how do you have that need met? Yeah. Do you know if you're going to withdraw because God wants to continue to bless and continue to uh-huh. speak into your life? So. No, it's a, it's tricky. It's a tricky one, but it's, I think that How to Stop the Pain book, by the way, is fantastic for those that are listening and watching. It's brilliant. Just with, again, making the choice and, and perceptions, everything, right? Yeah. You know, and I, th- I think we perceive that we've been rejected. We then perceive that we've made mistakes and we then perceive that it was our fault. Yes. Which is yeah. a huge, huge issue. And you perceive not just that you were rejected, not just that you contributed to that, but then it was all my fault that I was rejected. It's that negative feedback loop and you just close yourself off yeah. from being loved. Yeah. And then you've got a bigger hurdle. It's not just the actual rejection of the person or the situation. You've then got to get over a bigger hurdle, which is receiving God's love. Mm-hmm. And how can you, if you don't think you're worthy of it? Yeah. You'll just shut off yeah. God completely, You know his love and what he thinks of you. And again, eyes go down, negative feedback loop, and you just stop all living by faith. It just it just stops because you just see your circumstances or what you think they are. Again, perception, perceptions, everything. Yeah. Um, and I've learned that in my own life. Do you know with relationships and the relationships that break down, you you think, oh, what what could have been different, and was that me? And you'll never really know the full answers to all of those yeah. questions. You just need to. Mistakes happen, and I've got to make the choice yeah. 
of how do I navigate through these difficult relationships so that I can still give love, but I can still receive it as well. Absolutely. Which is crucial. Yeah. Crucial. And it's just as that I think of questioning yourself because it's the sense of the enemy is the accuser, as Lisa. I think when, we, when we've got those things going around in our heads and when we've got those, when we're constantly questioning, should I have, you know, that's where we've got to stop and recognize if I just feel condemned here, if I'm feeling accused, it's not God because God's right. coming to lift that's, me up. That's right. He's oh, always coming to help me, you know, just have a, a fresh perspective on things and he's always coming to bring light into situations. So I think it's just to encourage people, don't give up on church. Even if you've been hurt in the past, God will protect you. God will, you know, move you forward. Yeah. God wants to, like we say, set the lonely in family. And I, I love that verse, by the way, whenever I was reading that as well for, for the Bible studies, like God sets the lonely in families. And I just love it. It just, just sets you, you know, like sets the one person into the group, you know, and it's not about, can I get to the group? Am I worthy to be in the group? It's no, God will just set you there. Yeah. Like the one who holds it all, just there you go. You're in yeah. the family. And I just love that. I think that's just, it all rests on him. It's not that I set myself in the family or I, I feel like I belong or I feel I need to do something to get into the group. I feel I need to do something to be worthy of church. Mm -hmm. No, just God sets the only in families. Mm -hmm. No matter what your experience of family has been, and we all have, what we say, colorful experiences of family, let's just say, no matter what your experience, like God sets you in real family. Yeah. It's just that safety and protection and yeah. But what, what connection is meant to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, just wrapping up here, when we're talking about the family and the, the body of Christ, I love that term, the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, probably all know that verse in Corinthians where it says um, the body has many parts and, you know, we can't all be eyes, we can't all be legs, we can't, sure. but we need them all. Yeah. Um, for me, that's that's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ is that everybody can find their place and everybody everybody is valued. Everybody has something to bring. Um, actually, we can't exist without each other. Yeah. And it's not, so everybody, you know, nobody can come along and think, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not important. Yeah. Because actually, you're, we're all essential. We all need each other. Yeah, we all have a part to play, right? Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about that um, tonight. We were saying earlier on, you know, like we can prepare for this, but if we didn't have the guys to organize the cameras, if we didn't have people to head in, yes, absolutely, credits to the team here. But this would be me and you just having a chat. Sure. <laughs> so it'd be great, as great as it is. And, you know, it wouldn't achieve the purpose that it's supposed to yeah, yeah. so it's that sense of i love the fact that in the body of christ everybody gets to find where they fit and everybody yeah. gets that because part of belonging is you know what do i bring and we all bring something to the table yeah yeah absolutely again i think whenever i think of body for sure you all have them parts they all have different functions but like family as well like in families like kids parents they all have different roles they all have different things that are expected of them but they all bring something unique and I in my job as well working with families as a social worker you just see that families have different roles to play different parts to play everybody has their own weak quirk some kids are funnier than others some kids aren't funny whatsoever by the way but I have to pretend they are but like kids are funny other they've got good gifts good skills good abilities and and that's it's exactly the same in the body of Christ like we all have a part to play and the great thing is even when you don't feel like you do yes it's like you still have a part to play yeah do you know that's just it's just the reality brilliant I love it Brilliant. Well, listen, thank you so much. You're no baller. And it's been awesome. It's great, Craig. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks. 
Hey, listen, I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode of 10 Reasons Why podcast, created for connection, belonging, all the good stuff, uh, loneliness and isolation, don't want any of that. But what we do want a lot of is we have notes available on the created for connection on this podcast. You will find them on office at exchangechurchbelfast.com or you'll be able to get them here. They are right in front of me. So check them out, read the notes, read more on this. We would love you to do that. Also check us out on our socials. We've got us on Facebook, Instagram, Exchange Church Belfast, and don't forget YouTube as well. We've loved having you and can't wait to see you for the next episode. All the best.